Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Julia Whalen, and you're listening to Passions and Prologues with Adam Sokol. You're listening to Passions and Prologues, a literary podcast where every week I'll interview an author about a thing they love and how it inspires their work. My name is Adam Sokol, and if you've listened to the first two episodes of the podcast, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the podcast, if this is your first go around, so happy to have you here. Today's episode is a discussion with Julia Whalen, and I'll get to the topic in just a moment, but I want to talk a little bit about some of the wonderful things you've all been saying over the past few weeks. Also, just the fact that I'm so excited for you all to hear Julia Whalen talk about something as opposed to reading you a book, because if that name is familiar to you, it's probably because you are an audiobook fan. Julia is, as I have said many, many times, the best living audiobook narrator. So it was a joy to have her on, but we did not talk about her narration specifically. We talked about a thing she's passionate about, which we'll get to in just a moment, and her brand new book, Thank You for Listening, which is now available. It's a fantastic novel. I highly recommend you check it out, and we talk about it at the end of the show. All right, before we get to Julia, I just want to share a couple of reviews and kind words and remind you that you can get a hold of me at passionsandprologues at gmail.com. If you send me a review of any kind, just screenshot whatever you write, whether it's an Apple or any, anywhere you listen to your podcast, send me a screenshot of your review. I will give you some customized book recommendations. Email those to me, or you can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Passions and Prologues. Uh, I also have a personal Twitter account that you can find very, very easily, uh, which is what somebody did and wrote a very kind thing. Um, I'm going to share just a couple of these here right, really quickly. Tessa wrote, I've really been enjoying listening to Adam Sokol's new podcast, Passions and Prologues. There's book recommendations and fascinating conversations with book people about things that are not their books, and I just really love it. You should really check it out. Then Celtic Jade wrote, it took me long enough to get this, meaning episode one of the podcast, but it was fantastic. I want to read that Women in Weightlifting book that Mallory O'Meara mentioned that she's writing. And also she provided Mallory a suggestion to a body positive weightlifting community if she's interested, which is really cool. And then just one review on Apple that I want to share with you because it's exactly what I was hoping people would think of when they listened to this podcast. This is from Michael. It says, Adam is such an engaging yet casual interviewer. You feel like you're eavesdropping on two very interesting people in the booth next to you at your local pub. Writers are the most curious of humans and to hear what they love is endlessly fascinating. Can't wait for more. Thank you for including me and the people who are super interesting. To me, it's the people that I'm interviewing that are interesting and I'm glad that you're all enjoying this as well. Uh, I want to do a book recommendation for you, like I've been doing every single episode, but we're going to do something just a little bit different this time around. I am going to tell you that if you haven't already, 
you need to listen to an audiobook that Julia Whalen narrates. And boy, howdy, are there a lot of options. Um, basically, anything written by Taylor Jenkins Reid, whether it's The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, that's probably my favorite one. Julia does all of those. Uh, book Lovers by Emily Henry, really any of the books by Emily Henry. My favorite book that Julia has ever narrated is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. That is the uh, it's kind of like a Faustian story about a woman who makes a deal with a demon to live forever. And then it's told in the two timelines, one back in the 1700s in France when she first makes the deal with this devil and then in present day. And there's a twist to the deal that she makes where basically anytime someone looks away from her, they forget her forever. So it's a very lonely life that Addie LaRue is, is living. Um, literally, whether you are purchasing your audiobooks or you're borrowing them from the library, just type in Julia Whalen and you will find quite literally hundreds of options of books that you can check out. Um, but again, if you haven't listened to The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue yet by V.E. Schwab, that's going to be my recommendation for today. So when I asked Julia to come on to the show, she jokingly said, I would love to, but I don't have any hobbies. And then she remembered one that she was super into and she wanted to talk about. And it's packing for a vacation, not just travel, which is a thing that she loves, but the process of preparing to travel. And you're going to hear me laughing a little bit throughout this conversation. And it's a joyful laugh because the preparation that Julia did is so spectacular. Like I told her that she should publish a guide to packing for vacation and she should read it with her fantastic narration voice. It's really, really joyful. I love it so much. Um, okay. That's just about everything. As a reminder, if you ever have any questions for any of the authors that I've brought on to the show, feel free to shoot me an email at passionsandprologues at gmail.com. I will forward them on to those authors and I will see if I can get you questions answered and I'll share those on the show as well. Keep providing any feedback. Keep sharing the show. I really, really appreciate it. It's just me doing this. So all of you telling other people to check out the show means the world to me. And the more people that listen in, the more fun things we can do. Okay. Really, really, really delighted to be able to tell you that today's episode of Passions and Prologues is with the iconic Julia Whalen, author of Thank You for Listening. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. It's Adam again. And in my long line of early interviews of just basically people I've gotten to become friends with over the years in the author community, just so excited for this one. And uh, this particular author is going to be the one person whose audio is going to sound just better than mine because she's in her actual recording studio. Julia Whalen, thank you for joining me today. You are so welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm so excited for this. So we're going to get into your actual narrating and your new book in a little bit. But before we do that, the thing that we're doing for this podcast, what's the thing you're crazy passionate about that we're going to talk about today? Okay, so it took me a while to come up with something. Mm -hmm. As you know, when you first came to me with the idea, I said, the problem is I don't have any hobbies, <laughs> which is true because it occurred to me somewhat recently that I don't have hobbies that aren't books. But then I realized that that's because the thing that was my hobby for so many years has just been retired for the last couple of years because of the pandemic. And that mm -hmm. is travel gear and travel clothes and how to pack for travel. Mm -hmm. And like, this is the thing that really animates me. I, I love this so much. When you told me this, 
I was like, oh, travel would be a fun thing to talk about. But I like when you narrow it down, I was like, oh my God, no, this is so much better. I love this so, so much. So let's, let's walk through your process. First off, what do you find so enjoyable about preparing for a trip? Okay, so it basically comes down to, I really feel like I problem solved this, which is I was really tired of overpacking, only using half the stuff I would bring, having things that didn't wash well in like, you know, foreign laundry machines that are not awesome. (laughs) And just always feeling like that really awkward, cumbersome American abroad. And so in back in, I think it was like 2017, 2018, we had a trip coming up and I just said, I'm going to figure out the best way to do this. Like it was a four week thing. It was a different country every few days. It was like really fast paced. I just wanted to be lean and mean and be able to be have everything covered. Mm-hmm. So I took some money and I was like, I'm going to invest mm-hmm. in this. And I was mainly using REI. I did a bunch of research of like, what are the best products to have? And I created like a travel wardrobe that now just lives on its own in the suitcases that it will eventually go. So like, it's never, I don't ever have to like also go through my closet and be like, oh yeah, where's that thing? Where's this? No, Mm -hmm. it all lives in its own place. I love that you basically have a go bag, but for vacations. Exactly. (laughs) This is, okay. So I feel like depending on the type of trip I am going to take, I'm good at packing or cataclysmically bad at packing. Like there's no Mm -hmm. in between for me. So like when I go on a work trip, as we are recording this in a couple of weeks, I'm going to Utah for work. And that is where my company's uh, headquarters is based. And like, as recently as like a week ago, I had coworkers telling me like, hey, it's snowing here. But then they'll like post pictures of it's sunny in 75. So I have no idea what I'm, I know I'm telling you right now, even though I'm going to ask you specifically about your process, I know Mm -hmm. I'm still going to overpack here because I'm, if it's those varying temperature situations, I panic. We we can solve this. Okay. So so give it to me. Let's solve my issues here. This is going to be like packing therapy. with. Yeah. So the secret to everything you're talking about is just layers, Uh right? So you're going to need to invest in some quality base layers. (laughs) You're going to want, and those layers are going to be definitely merino wool. You've got to spend on it. But the the basic Mm -hmm. principle for all of this that I can, I I made a list so I wouldn't get sidetracked here. But um, I also honestly the most excited I've been since recording this podcast. (laughs) I also I also have to say like, I also there's no affiliate links. Like I have no I have no vested interest in this. Uh, In fact, I don't even know brand names to tell people. So like, outside of like REI, which Mm -hmm. I know even right now is a little bit problematic. I, I don't I don't have an opinion on this. But the general principle is you need, it all comes down to the materials. You need materials that are quick drying and moisture wicking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can I, see your face right now. Like, yeah, we're both like on the verge of giggling here. I'm sorry. I'm going to like, I'm like turn my camera off while you talk. No, it just makes me so happy though. It I'm makes me so, so happy that you're so happy about this. To solve that, because often, yeah, like one of our favorite times to travel are shoulder seasons where like, so you start out at the end of April, but by the time you leave a place, it's like the beginning of June and you've gone through, you can have, you're susceptible to like all different temperatures. So Mm -hmm. finding base layers that are either like a silk undershirt or merino wool, and you can either get those in short sleeve, long sleeve, tank, Mm -hmm. whatever, however you want to, if you run naturally cold or naturally hot, you know, you know that about yourself. And then you would have like a, again, moisture wicking, ventilated, Mm 
button up mm-hmm. to go over that base layer or just throw a sweater over it, which again also should be wool because the things that do not travel well are like heavy cottons because they lose their shape, mm-hmm. they get wet, they don't they don't dry right, they dry stiff, you know, all yeah. that stuff. Okay, first off, I feel like you don't appreciate how many people you're helping with this information. <laughs> no, I, I, look, I was known before, like like I said, before everything shut down, like this was a weird thing that was known about me. And I would get emails from people being like, do you, do you have a good product for something? And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. here's my list. Like I have a go-to list yeah. of things I send out to friends. Okay, so this is actually huge because, so I'm a distance runner. And so mm-hmm. I run all year long outside. And so I have- okay. Like, I'm okay. I'm a base layer enthusiast. I, yes. I've got my um I I get stuff from REI. Same thing. Like I this is going to be very early on in the life of my podcast, so I don't have sponsors yet. So I'll say I have Viore stuff. I have you know Adidas stuff. I have Lululemon. Like if any of those people want to send me free stuff, please yes, please do. But I never think to use those in my travel. Like to me, those are my running clothes, which is mm-hmm. silly because I do have short sleeve, long sleeve, moisture wicking. Yep. I've got all these things. So, but when you say, so when you say layers, are you packing them? Are you like rolling? We, we need more process here. We need, like, okay. let's get, let's get into it. Okay. So first of all, let's just talk about the essentials to yeah. what you should have when you are starting out. I have right. found, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to skip ahead. You're absolutely okay. right. Let's start from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So everyone should have three pairs of quick drying travel underwear. Okay. Okay. And you're going to be like, I can't believe I'm spending $25 on a pair of underwear. Mm -hmm. But the reason is, is because you only need three pairs. Mm -hmm. They will probably last forever unless you (laughs) travel your whole life. But the trick to that is if they're quick drying, you can literally come in from the day, like get into the shower with them when Mm -hmm. you're just showering off, rinse them off, and then like throw them over the top of the shower to dry overnight. Mm-hmm. And then you're ready to go the next day. So you are constantly, even even two pair you can do, but like, why not? Yeah. Be, go big. <laughs> Treat yourself. So three <laughs> pairs, three pairs of quick drying travel underwear. Same principle to three pairs of quick drying moisture wicking socks. Mm-hmm. Again, depending on climate and depending on what you're doing, but ankle socks, hiking, the hiking ones, if they're thick, sometimes it's not an overnight dry. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need a little more time. So you would time the wash yeah. With like when you've got two days in a consistent place mm-hmm. or something. The socks are essential because also socks is where that's where you hit all of the blister problem. Like invest yeah. in. I decided years ago that life was too short for cheap socks and yeah. never looked back. I can wholeheartedly subscribe to this again as a runner, as but a also runner. As, as a person who loves a comfortable sock. Yeah, you're absolutely. Yeah. If you're not somebody, maybe it's from a movie, but it's like, if you're not treating your feet right, you're not going to treat anything else right in your life. I've this, I so true. Makes sense right away. Yeah. So true. Same thing with for people who identify as female, like travel bras important mm-hmm. because the kind of, you know, thick push up padding, first of all, they're just like sweat collectors. They don't clean properly. They don't dry properly. Mm-hmm. What you want is they'll, you can find this, but like something that is washable in the sink kind of like a sports bra, except some of them will have like insertable pads so you can take those out, wash them separately, or, mm-hmm. you know, this will give you a little bit of coverage, but not the full like Victoria's Secret just yeah. come. Plus they you want they don't pack well, those mm-hmm. other ones. So we've only just started and instantly you've cut the amount of stuff I'm gonna pack by a third in those yep. seg- those those segments right there. So this there is you go. you're doing there you great. Go. Let's okay, keep going. Thanks. Okay. 
So obviously for now, outfits, right? The thing Mm -hmm. that you want to aim for is versatility. Pants Mm -hmm. that go with every shirt, that go with all the shoes, that go with the dress, that go with the jackets. In principle, what you're aiming for is a capsule wardrobe. Yeah. Just for travel, right? Mm -hmm. This is where the layers come in. Merino, wool, or silk. Again, quick drying. They'll keep you warm. But they can also stand alone if you need to peel off layers. Like, they'll they'll stand in as a t-shirt. Overshirt, like I said, I like button-downs. Can get ones with, like, pockets built in, like zippered pockets for Mm -hmm. key cards or passport if you need to. They'll often, they'll be, like, vented in the back. So, again, to get that, to get breeze. Roll-up sleeves are obviously a bonus. So, you can go as, like, techie and high gear, you know, as you Mm -hmm. want with the features. Again, depending on climate and where you're going, but sweaters, this is where you've got to invest in wool because the cotton just doesn't hand wash well. But you should think about whether you want like a zip up or a jumper, something, you Mm -hmm. know, just, and again, something that will work well with what you've got going on. Is it good on a train? Is it also good going into a nice restaurant for dinner? Mm -hmm. Also, is it redundant? Do you have a jacket that would serve that purpose and you don't need a sweater? But these are the questions you need to ask yourself. I love this so much. I love this so much. <laughs> I'm like, you keep looking up at me and like, I'm trying not to laugh, but it's like genuine joyful laughter, not like, wow. It makes I, me I, so happy. I'm so happy right now. This it is, makes me so happy. I just um, love the prep you've done for this. Oh, this no, I'm, this is, I'm telling you, like, this was the hobby. I mean, look, I could also go into like a whole, you know, points and miles credit card stuff, but like, I don't like doing financial advice over podcasts. So Probably we're not, we're not doing that. Let's just talk about travel clothes. Yeah, but this is like a whole travel. ecosystem of Absolutely. the way I run my life. Okay. Pants. Pants. Again, depends on climate, but you're looking for that quick, dry, moisture wicking materials. I will tend to travel. Again, this is all you really need. This is where the overpacking Mm -hmm. comes in. I will tend to travel with like one pair of wide leg kind of cargo pants, lots of pockets. Mm -hmm. And those I use on like travel days when, you know, I just need, I want to be comfortable as opposed to the days where you're like rooted someplace walking around. Mm -hmm. So I have one pair of kind of just wide leg cargo sort of things. And then one pair of black kind of skinny, what would be skinny jeans, except they're not jeans Mm -hmm. that look just as good with like a pair of sneakers walking around or with like a nice pair of uh, flats for night. So that's your Mm -hmm. like day to night pants. And then one pair of sweats or workout pants or something again that's comfortable for travel. If they can be versatile, great. I have this like old pair of Lululemon like balloon pants sort of (laughs) nylon thing. I love them. And I'm like, I actually need to see if they still make them because I need a backup. You know, if you can break the bank, a pair of cashmere leggings is amazing for that. Zip-off hiking pants can kill two birds. Love it. Obviously, if you need that. Yeah. Skirts and dresses. So there there are skirts and dress combos mm-hmm. where, like, you can either wear it up above, on your chest like a halter, and then it's a short dress, or you can push it down to your waist, and it's a long skirt. Those See, I good. don't have that. I don't have that. You don't have that problem. That's not coming, but yeah. Those are very dependent on body type, though, just to be fair, like that your mileage will vary. My like go-to nice outfit that I pack with me, because I don't want to have multiple skirts, a couple dresses, is actually a jumpsuit, mm-hmm. like a black polyester jumpsuit yeah. that is, again, really comfortable for just walking around. But if I want to dress it up, it's versatile. Mm-hmm. Jackets, again, depends on climate. I have a really good puffer with just like zips uh, yeah. for ventilation. That's perfect. And then you can do, depending on when you're going, you don't need to bring like a rain jacket. You could just pack 
little ponchos to go over that puffer. So you don't need a separate jacket. But if you're going to a colder place, some of those like three-in-one jackets where Mm -hmm. it's got the puffer with the out, then you're almost dealing with like a ski jacket when the whole thing is together. Yeah, like the zip, like they warm. zip into each other. Now, you're, and now you are tar- having one of those for running an Arcteryx one. Man, I'm just buzz marketing everybody right now. The, yeah. those things are they're they're not cheap, but they are they're so not freaking no. warm. And it totally depends. And then you've got essentially, like I said, you've got the interior like puffer, and then you've got a rain shell that mm-hmm. you can. And then together, they're very warm. So they're not cheap, but if you're traveling a lot and it depends where you're going, yeah. they, they really are three jackets in one. Shoes. Shoes, Shoes. is because they take up so yeah. much space. Yeah. So again, all I find, and this is, this is like for me, I also feel like I should explain that for me, travel, most of it is casual, but I like the flexibility of if a nice opportunity presents itself at the end of the night to mm-hmm. go into a, you know, a kind of dress code situation or something. I want to mm-hmm. have that flexibility. I will always have a pair of like good walking, great shoes. I just try to get them in like neutral tones. So again, they can go with the wide leg cargo pants. They can go with the skinny black, nice ones. They're usually mm-hmm. black. And then I bring a pair of like, again, depending on the climate, but a pair of like comfortable boots, like mm-hmm. just ankle boots. Again, usually like black, but they they can also go day to night. So they're good for hiking over like cobblestones. They've got enough support. Mm-hmm. But if you just are wearing like leggings with them, they actually look really nice. I feel and- like this, like, I feel like we could have you like narrate this over a like Tuscan movie. Like mm-hmm. I'm like picturing like a woman going on a journey in a movie yep. and she's packing and you're like, okay, first you're going to want to, I can like, I can literally yeah. I should probably do one of those if I were better at this or knew how to do it. I should do like a, you know, putting everything out on the bed next to a suitcase and make a TikTok video of like. Oh, yeah, you 100%. You absolutely should do that. I just don't know how to. Okay, whatever. We'll get to that. For nice (laughs) shoes and the kinds that will get you into like good restaurants, look, they can't make you wear high heels. We all have to keep that in mind. Yeah. So I like, I think flats are obviously so much easier to pack. And you can also use those for like a pop of color or Mm -hmm. something. For me, after walking like 10 miles a day or something, I actually find mini Tonka moccasins Mm -hmm. are the most comfortable. And you can still walk in them and you can get them in any color and they're great to have. Or if you're going in the summer, like a nice versatile pair of sandals Mm -hmm. accomplishes the same thing. Sleepwear. Yeah. Sorry to say but silk is really best. Sorry, because mm-hmm. it's expensive, but you're going to hand wash it anyway, most likely. It's good for all temps. It'll keep you cool. It'll keep you warm. It's mm-hmm. really just essential for that. Depending on weather, and for me, this means basically all times of year, but I will travel also with wool long underwear for bottoms yeah. because I can sleep in them or they can go on under my pants, but I'm like usually cold all the time. So mm-hmm. they get worn pretty consistently. And honestly, then it becomes down to anything else that you need, hat, scarf, gloves, that sort of stuff that you're not sure you're going to need, even heels. Like if you're, let's say, younger, you want to go to a dance club, for instance, and they do require heels. Like just buy them there. Yeah. Don't schlep them with you for your whole trip just to use Mm -hmm. them one night. Buy them there and then they'll become the shoes you bought that one night you were in Ibiza Okay, so this actually, this gets to one of the questions I wanted to ask you because I like to, like, if I'm going somewhere where I know they have things that I cannot access where I currently live, I will try to create space. So a perfect example, I'm going to Utah, 
Park City is right there. There happens to be a distillery that makes a whiskey that I very much like that you just can't find. I've been to that distillery. Yes. I was just there in October. Yes. So I can get High West where I'm at, but they have a a version of their whiskey called Midsummer's Night Dram that is (gasps) just delightful. And also the name as in book nerd. Yes. Yeah. So I... I'm anticipating bringing at least one bottle back for myself, if not more. So when I thinking about that in my packing, how should Mm -hmm. I be packing my bag? Like, what should I be thinking about knowing I'm going to be bringing stuff back? Is there anything you're leaving there is the first question. Like, Uh, do you have to bring anything for work that you're going to use while you're there and then leave? I'm not going to leave anything there. So I, okay. I, I so I need to be mindful of having space in my bag because what I'm taking will be coming back with me plus whiskey. Right. Okay. So first of all, there are like, if you, if you need them, you can buy flat, almost like book mailer kind of bubble wrap envelopes that work mm-hmm. for bottles. Yeah. I have them for bottles. You can take those with you. Honestly, I just like wrap the sweatpant around them or something and brace them properly in Mm -hmm. the bag. Packing them in like shoes, if you have Mm -hmm. a shoe that needs that, that'll stabilize them. But, you know, yeah, you've just got to be conscious of the, if do you have an expandable suitcase? I, it's slightly expandable. And that is, that's probably the one that I will go with to a larger extent. When you're packing, do you like, is there like the roll method? Like, how are you packing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get there. But here's the here. But in terms of your question, like, first of all, if you're doing this right, you should not be packing within like within an inch of your life. Yes. Like it should be you should have the room to spare. You can also take with you anywhere you go. I travel with a um, little collapsible foldable duffel bag Mm -hmm. that if I like find something somewhere, I can it can like actually become a checked bag, you know, expands into that. But for the bottles, you've just got to Keep that. I usually see for me the difference is if I'm traveling and especially if I'm going to see friends, I'm usually bringing a couple of bottles with me to begin with. Yeah. So then I know I have that space back once I see them, we drink it, and then I pick up something else. Hilariously, I am doing that because I have a coworker who is a poet at this company and she cannot get writer's tears where she's at. And she uh. saw an Instagram post that I did over and she's like, What is that? I was like, that's an Irish pot still whiskey. And she's like, I've never seen it. I need a bottle. So we're, we're doing a bottle swap. Great. Okay. So there we go. Yeah. Already built in. Okay. Yeah. The other things you're going to need to take with all of these clothes you have now, you can get little packages, individual packages of Woolite mm-hmm. so that you can be washing these in hotel sinks or bathtubs. And you can go, I mean, the first time I went, I had like a, I even had like a clothesline mm-hmm. and like these like sheaves of, of soap that just kind of dispense themselves in this little... And and I just was realizing, like, if you're at the point where you need to, like, wash all of your clothes, you need a clothesline, mm-hmm. just go to a laundromat for the day, like, wherever you find yourself, and just mm-hmm. do the wash, go have a drink, come back. Like, there's no value in, like, trying to do this in a hotel sink. Are you mindful of, like, toiletries? Like, I imagine as a person who is being very aware of how you're packing you're I imagine you're not like bringing your own like shampoo and conditioner I mean I no I have like skincare stuff that I will bring but yes you're right I'm making it I'm putting in much smaller bottles yeah. I'm using travel size again toiletries are those things that you overpack and mm-hmm. underuse and so you can I mean depending on where you're going but again sometimes it's worth just getting it there yeah. and if you're really low maintenance then yes use the stuff that is provided 
I love it. Yeah. In hotels. So another essential thing to have is actually your own laundry bag, which would mm-hmm. be like a nylon kind of delicates bag, because not only can you collect your dirty laundry in there, but then when you are going to a laundromat or something, you can put your delicates yeah. in there, like the wool, like the silk, things like that, that you just want to keep a little safer from mm-hmm. The vagaries of foreign laundromats. You are absolutely a dynamo. This is fantastic. I mean, you know, okay, so to get to your question, for I, you absolutely want to roll things. That yeah. is important. Mm-hmm. I also use packing cubes. Okay, this is going to be one of my, one of my questions. Yeah. Do you use packing cubes? But here's the thing like, I used to think they were fussy, and then I completely changed my mind. And it just depends on, I will separate the clothes by genus, if you will. Mm -hmm. But I also will, if I'm in a situation, so I would have like all of my shirts in one, all of my pants in the other. But if I'm in a situation where I know I'm going to be like, there's going to be really quick turnaround, like I fly in at midnight and then I'm catching a train at six the next morning or something, I will pack an entire outfit in one and just like it'll be on top of the suitcase. So when Mm -hmm. I open it, I've got pajamas for that night plus... Underwear, socks for the next day, pants, shirt, all in one. Yeah. So I'm not digging around the suitcase. You must be a dream to travel with. I just um, feel It's pretty like, great. Yeah. It's pretty great, honestly. <laughs> no, every time we get to a place and like my husband opens his bag, he's just like, oh my God, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. I'm like, thank you. I also am experimenting. I've got a trip coming up. I, I did get, I'm just going to see, I can't vouch for this yet, but there was a um, kind of collapsible clothes rack mm-hmm. where if you think of like those shoe holders that you used to have in a closet or like in a dorm they kind of sold them for dorms where they were like mm-hmm. collapsible they accordioned yeah. down and then up and they have compartments yeah. so like again for this like quick turnaround thing I'm gonna see if I can pack things into that compress it and uh-huh. then when we just get there I can open it up put it in the closet it's ready to go this is admittedly an easier question for other people to answer but how would you say this in any way, this passion of yours folds into your work, into your writing? Into, like, would you say that how you organize your stuff, like do you find yourself organizing your manuscripts that way or anything? Or is there any connection between Julia Whalen, packing professional and That's author. a really good question. Well, I mean, I write about travel a lot. I will say mm-hmm. that. Like, I have a little bit of wanderlust in my books, especially the last one where I was writing being, like, stuck at home and just, I, it was it was escapism. But yeah, in terms of, I, I think I'm not, a, I'm not a terribly organized person in real life. Like, my desk is kind of a disaster. I, I'm not, I, I'm not actually good at that. It's like just the efficiency of when you're traveling I want that. And I think when I'm writing, I don't really have a, I think everything, every book has demanded a different level of organization. So, Mm -hmm. but I'm not one of those people who can like use every feature of Scrivener to, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely, I don't work that way. I wrote the entirety of my manuscripts in Google Docs and I like was fine with it. We'll be back with more passions and prologues after this break. Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, 
avoiding, or seeking, feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. And now, back to Passions and Prologues. I, I can't remember, I, you told me this before, but I can't remember, are you a planner or a pantser? Like, I have to imagine you're a planner when it comes to yes. your writing. No, I am. I am for sure. But I think that, like, is, that's just more about, I don't have the time to okay. figure it out along. Like, the screenwriter part of me is, like, if you don't know where you need to end up, how mm-hmm. can you even begin to write? <laughs> that's my thing. So, you know, for me, it's like, I I would kind of love the, I haven't done that since college, where I've just been able to, like, just start writing and see where the story takes me. But mm-hmm. I've written both books kind of under deadline. And yeah. no, I just need to know what I'm doing. So tell our listeners about your new book. Thank you for listening. And because this is this will be like an actual transition into your, your book. We can talk okay. about that a little bit. <laughs> okay. So thank you for listening is set in the audiobook world. And it is a rom-com with heart. I don't know what we're calling these things exactly. <laughs> but it is about a former actress who has been an audiobook narrator for the last seven years. Um, and we don't entirely know why when the book starts, who has kind of like she used to narrate a lot of romance when she was first starting out, and then she just got tired of the unrelenting, like, happily ever after, and everything mm-hmm. will work out for you, and the fairy tale aspect of it. And she's just a little more cynical than that because of the way her own life has gone. But she gets an offer to record, like, one last romance novel with the industry's hottest, most enigmatic, best-selling male narrator. And she is going to be paid very well to do it. And she has her beloved grandmother who is suffering from dementia. And she wants to be able to take better care of her. So she agrees to do it. Through the experience of co-narrating this romance novel with this other narrator, they get to know each other through epistolary sections. Mm -hmm. And yeah, shenanigans happen. Yeah. Uh, But it is is a journey of self-acceptance. And it is a kind of stripping down the identities that we tell ourselves we possess to get Mm -hmm. back to who we really are. And when we're willing to risk that, the reward that we can uh, reap. It's so good. I loved it so, so much. You're actually, so Julia's book was the first advanced reader copy I was sent at, like <laughs> since the, starting this new book adventure. It was so like, I felt like coming home when I, yeah. I opened up, I was like, oh, it's an arc. I've missed these. For people, I mean, for people who are listening to this, that listen to my previous podcast, I know I, you know, I worked for a library company. We like, I feel like digital audiobook listener, like we all like come to the throne of Julia Whalen. Sorry, I'm giving her your flowers in front of you. And I, I, said, like, I don't come out of mind. Yeah. But like, I mean, I am on the record of saying, I think you're the best narrator to ever live. Like I absolutely Aww. am upset. Anytime I, like I, I have borrowed dozens of books knowing nothing about them because I saw that you have narrated them. I'm interested in hearing like, how did it feel writing a book about a narrative? Did it feel I'm, I'm literally picturing you during like the height of COVID in your 
audiobook studio like in your narration studio where she's currently at right now yeah like writing about like your own life like going like doing like a little well, shining situation you know what's really crazy is like so I I definitely this idea has been percolating for 10 years this goes back to when I was doing a lot of romance under a pseudonym and I want to pause here to say that like narrators narrate romance often under pseudonyms the same way that romance novelists write under pseudonyms and mm-hmm. I just I'm trying to use this like publicity tour to explain to people why it's not cool to out narrators pseudonyms because yeah. this actually happens with some frequency and they think they're doing other fans a service by saying like oh well if you like her you know you can listen to her under this other name mm-hmm. but the thing is like we're all independent contractors and we all chose an alias for like a very specific reason yeah. and everyone has different reasons some of it is to like protect their kids at their school from their mm-hmm. teachers who would look you know or other parents yeah. so just be mindful of that because the book talks a lot about recording under pseudonyms. And I just want to make sure that this is very clear that right. it, you don't have the right to out someone. So anyway, yeah. when I sat down to actually figure out this specific book, though, I was at a very different point in my career than I was 10 years ago. And I knew that people would just like assume it was probably yeah. autofiction. Right. So I specifically steered away from anything that was my personal identity. Mm -hmm. But that said, there are certain universal experiences to being an audiobook narrator and to really have to kind of introduce the reader to that. You know, this isn't an industry that exists in any other media. There's no Mm -hmm. TV series about audiobook narrators. I kind of had to realize that I was explaining this whole thing from the ground up. So yeah, I I was very conscious of like trying to create a character that wasn't me, but trying to explain the industry to new readers. Well, and there's so many things about narrating that people definitely don't. There was I'm trying. I I feel so bad. I'm I'm gonna try and look it up after the fact. But there is a narrator that I saw on Instagram, and they are doing they they do these like they get the feedback from the publisher about like the things that they messed up, and then they'll play. It was it back Kelsey and, Navarro. It was Kelsey, Kelsey Navarro. Navarro. Yes. yes. And then so and they also did one where they put a sentence on the screen, and they're like, "Yeah, being an audiobook narrator is easy." And then they changed the inflection of just one word at a time and changed the sentence, like the meaning of the sentence eight different times. Yeah. And even I, a person who probably listens to a hundred audiobooks a year, even I was like, oh no, this this seems impossible. Like, so how do you, okay, I've never asked you this, but like, how do you know where to put the emphasis in sentences and things like that? Is it? Just I don't like- even think it's a conscious decision, honestly. I think it's just having been a reader for so long and re- having read so widely. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, once you get into the flow of a particular writer's voice, I'm just mm-hmm. going along with them. But sometimes, like, sometimes it can be important. I do a lot of, record a lot of nonfiction and essay, like, journalism. Mm-hmm. And when you're really trying to make a case for something or you're trying to, like, say there's this thing and then there's this thing, I will often go back and like my first instinct may not have been right. Like the Mm -hmm. emphasis on the sentence in order to highlight that it's contrasting with the previous sentence, I've got to go back and punch that up. But yeah, it's a... Oh, so wait, so go back to the original of you being like, how how difficult was this to, you know, what was it like writing something so meta? I don't think I realized how meta it was until I recorded it. That was going to be my next question. So when I got into the booth to record this thing, like suddenly, like the even the first chapter hits different when mm-hmm. in audio or like there's a recording scene in the book and recording my two characters playing two other characters 
in a recording scene talking about what it's like to record yeah. was really mind-blowing. I yeah, then and for people I will put uh I will put a link to Julia's TikTok in the show notes because I I love that you took people through some of the like narration sessions of your own yeah. book. I loved that so so it was it's so I just think like for people to understand what goes into just how you have to slow down and how you like enunciate stuff. And I think actually the first time we ever met, we talked about how much narrators dislike when people speed up audiobooks for that exact reason, because of the fact that like you are working so hard to put this together in a specific way. We do. I have, I'm glad you reminded me of that because I was like, where did I first say that? Because it's kind of become canon that like, I, I'm not a fan of that. And for obvious reasons, I'm not in terms of as a performer, I'm like, I am purposefully choosing to tell this story at the pace that I'm telling it at. And like, when you change the speed, you are affecting my performance. That said, someone just persuaded me otherwise the other day with a tweet saying that they could never read and they can never get through an audiobook because they have ADHD. And when they sped it up, suddenly the story was moving at the speed of their brain. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, okay. Like a reluctant agree. I like, like that's yeah, better. that's a really good perspective. Yeah. Okay. But I, I just, I, I don't know. I see how hard, like knowing like you and other uh, narrators that I've gotten to know a little bit, like seeing how difficult it is. And like, I will freely admit, many many books now I like I just listen to the pace that they are recorded because there are some like there's a few authors who record their own like Neil Gaiman who I love like I will speed his up because it's 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 like listening to syrup I'm like okay you could you speak slowly normally and not just well I also think that might be a shift that's happened in the industry because when I was first starting you know 13 years ago or something we really were told to slow down Mm -hmm. like there was an acceptable pace of audiobooks and I think like I've stopped getting those notes because I, I think that we've accepted that as a society, things are just happening faster mm-hmm. and like our attention spans are shorter and we are taking in information at a higher rate. And so mm-hmm. like we've kind of had to start serving our listeners. Well, there's also now from then, like just the sheer amount of people that are listening to audiobooks now. Yeah. So much greater that like I'm sure there are countless people who probably when they first start listening to audiobooks, they do they'll keep it at, you know, like the exact tempo it is, and then they might like slowly speed it up as they listen to them. But no, it is I mean it's very it's I guess that I ha- I remember like I specifically remember that conversation with you and having a newfound respect, but being like, she's right. That, that makes perfect sense. To me. It was intentional. Like the yeah. speed at which I was doing this book was mm-hmm. intentional. Yeah. So speaking of intentionality, you there was a I think it was on your TikTok. I think I saw it on your Instagram first, but somebody you did like a duet with somebody who was like whoever the narrator is of your character <laughs> makes them sound so sexy, and that was kind of Julia's kind of making the face she made on the TikTok. Yeah, but this that's not my question. My question is, do you know like when you're recording a voice for something, mm-hmm. do you know like when you're doing a character, you're like, oh, I this one hits. Like I got. I got this person right, regardless if you're trying to make them like sexual or adventurous yeah. or funny. Like, can you tell when you're like, that's the voice, that's the one I know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 When I can like really settle in and nail something. And it's also, you can tell too, I think the true test of that is like if that character disappears for five chapters and then comes back, do mm-hmm. I have to remind myself of what I was doing or are they just right there? Yeah. Like that's a test. 
And with that character, which was Charlie Lastra in Emily Henry's Book Lovers, Mm -hmm. that was like a very conscious decision where in just reading that book, I thought he was her hottest hero that she'd written yet. And so I sent her a message saying like, I fuck it. I'm going to just, I don't, sorry. I don't know if we're swearing on this. I was like, no, I'm going to scorch some fucking earbuds on this one. I was like, (laughs) I'm pulling out all the stops. And I'm very glad to see that 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 seemed to have landed. I have seen that. TikTok roll around like several times and every time I'm like it just makes me like I don't know like because I told someone else who like when the first I think it, they hadn't heard like our last interview we did or something I was like they only know your voice as the narration vo-. like I, I can't do it I'm not gonna like do but like they don't know like your real voice and I was like that's not she doesn't just walk around like absolutely right. stopping people in their tracks like can I have a cup of coffee it's right. like it's not, not a real voice you know it's she's doing no I was having you know it's funny I was just having this conversation with a reporter actually who was asking me about that and they were like your your conversational voice is very different from your narration voice and I was like yeah I I, I absolutely and I think part of it is when I'm off the clock I don't want to be on the clock. Yeah, exactly. And But the other thing is, I also don't want that to sound like it's an artificial thing. Like it is, I feel just as genuine when mm-hmm. I'm in that, like I'm dipping into it right now, just like unprompted. <laughs> but like, I feel just as genuine and connected to it when mm-hmm. I'm doing it as I do it to my real voice. It's just different times call yeah. for different voices. I mean, it, but it's the same thing as like anything else when it's, uh, when you're creating content, uh, creating content, such a gross term, but it's I know, like, but here we are. It's what we're doing. And like for the podcast, like before we were recording, I was just like, Hey, Julia, how's it going? And like, as soon as I hit record again, I don't have like a narration voice, but as soon as I do it, I'm like, Hey everybody, welcome back. It's like, you just do right. that, like one octave up a <laughs> hey little guys. bit louder. Yeah. You like kind of like sit up and you're like, hello, hello, hello. It's me. Hey nerds. Like, okay. I've, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours, but I have two last questions for you. One, I'm asking everybody, and one that I just want to know because of our topic for the of this episode, what's the most challenging vacation you've ever had to pack for? Okay, I will say that I think the challenging vacations come when they are there's bookends around it that are like formal functions or something. Mm-hmm. So, like for instance, what happens for me a lot is I'll go to New York for the Audis, which yeah. are the you know audiobook awards. And then from New York, since I'm already like halfway there, I'll go to go visit friends in Amsterdam or something or the UK. And so what do I do with like this bag of makeup and Mm -hmm. hair stuff and like, you know, or God forbid, a ball gown. That's where Rent the Runway comes in handy. Like stuff I don't want to travel with. It's like a real one-off stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in those situations, that's where packing really gets complicated. And the seasonal Season yeah. seasons are a big thing when you're in a shoulder season, and so you leave, and it's a rainy spring, and then by the time you end, it's like summer in Greece or something. That yeah. gets last question for you. Yeah. I'm asking everybody for just a recommendation of any kind, something you're enjoying lately. It could be a book, it could be a movie, a TV show. Most people are doing books because I'm interviewing authors, but it doesn't right. have to be. Um, Mallory O'Meara recommended a protein powder because she's a oh, weightlifter. Wow. But like, and it could be a book. I mean, obviously you read books before most people because you have to then narrate them. So anything you want to recommend that you're enjoying? Oh, wow. I just finished the second season of Hacks Mm -hmm. and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked the first season, but I actually like loved the second season. So I think I'm going to just go with that. Also, obviously, the entire was like during this really difficult spring, my comfort watch was below deck. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know that there's a better reality show yeah. than Below I, Deck. I'm sorry, I just don't. 
My sister and brother-in-law are obsessed with blowjobs. Because it's the structure. Because what you get is you get like three shows in one because you've got an upstairs-downstairs thing. Mm -hmm. You have the travel porn aspect Mm -hmm. of it. And then you you get to know like a solid cast of characters for each season. But then you have a rotating cast of the guests that come on the ship. So like they've just got everything. I honestly, I've seen like a few episodes and even I, I don't watch much reality TV at all. And even I was like, I get it. I, I get, uh, Julia, this was absolutely <laughs> delightful. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll send you links. I'll send you links. Passions and Prologues is proud to be an evergreen podcast and was created by Adam Sokol. It was produced by Adam Sokol and Sean Rule Hoffman. And if you are interested in this podcast and any other Evergreen podcast, you can go to evergreenpodcast.com to discover all the different stories we have to tell. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.